0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to another interview, this time with a singer of some smaller bands like The Casting Out, I Am Heresy, maybe Boy Sets Fire, and of course a <laughs> <the> solo project, <laughs> yeah. Mr. Nathan yeah. Gray. Uh, Hi, how are you? <laughs> yeah, thank you for being on this little special interview. Mm-hmm. Um, so you since this interview will be released in the week between christmas and new year your new album is unfortunately is fortunately out already <laughs> um after the delay yeah. um yeah it
1: actually comes out december 17th well i'm sorry what yeah. were you saying
0: yeah it's out december you just 17th? saying that okay yeah.
1: yeah yeah okay sorry sorry my no my sorry. hearing my hearing and as you can tell, my voice yeah. is a little off right now because it's all clogged up because I have a cold. So. Yeah, sure,
0: no problem. So uh-huh. yeah, the album is out now. You can listen to it on Spotify, oh. whatever you want to, and you can hopefully, maybe not, pre-order or order the vinyl still via Entert Records mm-hmm. and Deathwish in the UK. Uh,
1: uh, in the US, a- actually, actually, it's all sold out on Deathwish.
0: Oh, it's also out. Uh, but okay.
1: But you can still get the pink and the purple variants of the vinyl through end hits
0: yeah so go check mm-hmm. the description if you want to and maybe mm-hmm. it's all sold out already
1: for christmas gifts we'll who knows
0: <laughs> um, yeah but you should definitely get it so yeah. but as of now you've just come or well it's already been three weeks since your tour with frank turner and yes. now you had some solo dates as well mm-hmm. how, how was playing venues with covid still around and still going wild
1: it was it was honestly not that bad only because we were with a team that knew what they were doing Mm -hmm. you know what i mean uh frank's turner's team was amazing with everything um they were number one they made sure that the all the clubs mandated vaccines all that kind of stuff and um we wore masks most of the time obviously when you're singing you can't wear them but (laughs) most of the time and then also we would take they had a just a handful of rapid tests so every two days we would take tests and just like make sure that no one came into the backstage room make sure everything you know what i mean whatever we had to do to keep it as safe as possible obviously nothing's foolproof yeah but with all of us vaccinated I think that's the big deal you know what I mean as long as we're vaccinated and taking care of ourselves we were able to get through it with no one getting it
0: oh that's awesome yeah and I can imagine it felt great being in front of hundreds of thousands of people and performing your album or songs of your album for the first time live how's that been
1: it was great. And it was it was a it was an interesting situation because we were asked to play acoustically, mm-hmm. which normally with this project, I, I, you know, I did feral hymns and all that where I did acoustic, but now I've sort of forgotten how to play acoustically, because <laughs> everything's yeah. so fast and loud and fun. You know yeah, what I mean, so I had uh, my bass player, Michael switch to playing guitar on acoustic, and then Phil Who plays uh, lead guitar still played his leads but sort of quieter and through some more effects and then we had our friend becky there doing backups with me and it actually came out great it wasn't like your usual acoustic situation we played like a full band like jumping around having a great time uh it was exciting it was really nice
0: yeah that sounds sounds amazing so you already talked about your new band the iron roses How did that come to be so because for feral hymns you were alone and now a band
1: right (laughs) and it was it was actually very purposeful so uh coming from feral hymns i had to start in a certain way you know i was speaking on very deep personal dark situations that i needed to get through before i could really move on you know and that needs to be done alone you know what i mean you can't really do that with a bunch of other people you know so i got through that and and through that healing and went on to that album right behind you working title <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and that was where I, I just I realized that where I was going with this mm-hmm. you know working title it's very much uh, very much in the vein of like the casting out melodic punk fun songs that go through sort of the ups and downs of life. Uh, And once I was able to realize that life could have ups and downs and it weren't so depressing and dark and everything, you know, (laughs) before I was able, you know, I, we come to rebel songs and in defining what rebel songs was and where I was going with this album and the future, it became very obvious that it wasn't going to be just this, another solo, like me and a guitar playing sort of country-ish music, you know what I <laughs> yeah, mean? Yeah. Uh, I come from a punk background, like my two favorite bands in the world are Bad Religion and The Clash, so I'm not going to get away with, you know, like not doing
0: this, yeah, you yeah.
1: know? So um, it was time to jump back in and to form a band that could do exactly what I needed to be done for what I wanted to do. And that's how the Iron Iron Roses came around. Uh, as a full band, I felt like just calling it Nathan Gray wasn't really, number one, it would be yeah. weird getting on stage with a bunch of people and going, we're Nathan Gray. <laughs> or you, like, you, you? <laughs> all of us are. yeah. Or, and I also sort of felt bad for like <laughs> touring musicians. Like people would be like, oh, what band are you in? And they'd be like, Nathan Gray. <laughs> you yeah, know, it's like, kind of weird, yeah. They'd, they didn't have anything i wanted to give them ownership over what they were doing you know what yeah. i mean so adding in nathan gray and the iron roses it's still my project but it gives them something to to be a part of you yeah, know what definitely,
0: i mean yeah. yeah yeah okay so but for the european side you would have other musicians then or um, like norbert buchmacher mm-hmm. on the last tour or would you bring them yeah okay. so
1: in europe until I can afford to start bringing people over. Yeah. Um, I think normally you'll probably see the Norbert Brookmacher guys and my friend Ben Cristo, who mm. always plays guitar with me. So you'll probably see those guys for a while. And maybe even once I start bringing some of my usual touring group with me, you know, yeah. um, I, they are all part of this as well. Like anybody that plays in this band is an Iron Rose, you know, yeah. um, which I, I got that title from the uh, symbol that I use a lot that's sort of like the Iron Front symbol, but with roses. Is
0: three roses, yeah.
1: Yeah, because I, I was combining two very important anti-fascist symbols. Mm-hmm. One being the Iron Front uh, and the other being the White Roses and Sophie Scholl, yeah. as we I'm sure many Germans know. Yeah, um, of course. She and her group, the White Roses, are a big inspiration to me. Mm-hmm. And I think that we need to realize that fascism isn't combated in one way. You know, obviously, the Iron Front was a very militaristic, violent group, you know, that that had to fight in violent means against violent men, Um, whereas the White Roses was a very peaceful. uh, Action against fascism, Uh, and I think both of those are valid. I think that we need to realize that there is no one way. There is discernment on how you fight it, depending on the situation you're in, but we must always fight against fascist forces. And no matter how we end up doing that, the important part is that we do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's, it's it's very evident on rebel songs. Yeah, thank you. It's, it's As you said before, it's your most political album in recent mm-hmm. history and that's why i want to talk about two events that definitely influenced rebel songs the first is the Mm -hmm. 25th of may 2020 the death of george Mm -hmm. floyd which is very openly talked about in don't wait up yes um did you write that song directly afterwards or did you okay
1: it was literally about uh, one of my own situations where after the death, the, well, I, not the death, the murder. Yeah, it's George, the murder George of George Floyd, Floyd. Yeah, The murder of George Floyd. Um, how helpless I felt in that situation. and But something very positive happened in this in that I was sort of like lashing out about this and how angry and hopeless I felt in the area I live. And a friend of mine got in touch and was like, hey, there's a group. A, uh, <laughs> a group connected with Black Lives Matter uh, called Cecil Solidarity in Elkton, Maryland. You should get in touch with them. They're doing protests. They're getting out in the street. They're you know basically telling me, hey, don't just bitch about it. Get yeah. out there, do yeah. something. There's people in your town. And I was so excited. I was like, are you kidding me, really? And I went and looked. And this group, uh, I've actually, I did an interview not that long ago on my own page with my friend, Christine, who runs this organization. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's wonderful, um, but I remember the first protest, and that was exactly what this song was about—that feeling of I'm, I'm out here, I'm doing yeah. something, I'm, I, I'm not just talking about it, I'm making a difference, and I don't ever want to come back in, you know. That you would be the first was, in line. Literally. Yes, and I was, <laughs> I was thinking, I was thinking about how many people they get upset, they get inspired to go do this, and then they quickly give up. Or they quickly forget and they move on with their lives. Yeah. And that was another analogy about that song. Not only to be the first in line out in the streets, but don't wait up for me. I'm going to be out here for a very long time, as long as it takes. Yeah. And that's why I've become an advocate in my hometown with Cecil Solidarity. Not just out in the streets. I go to school board meetings. I go to. I speak with government officials in this area with Cecil Solidarity to make a difference because we can never let up. Yeah. Um. And it's it's too easy to allow it to be a fad, to be a trend, and and then get bored of it. People who are directly affected, like George Floyd, like other black people in our communities, don't have the luxury of giving up. They yeah. don't have the luxury of feeling like, oh, well, back to work, you know. So it's very important, especially for people who look like me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to get involved. Yeah. And to stand up.
0: Yeah. Yeah, of course um and yeah as i said don't wait up Mm -hmm. awesome song it's very hopeful though it shares especially in the first verse it shows that that anger that passion to change something and yeah to be the first in line and no one should wait for you to come back until it's fixed
1: Mm -hmm. that's right that's right
0: the second event is the 6th of january 2021 Mm -hmm. The storming of the Capitol. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, how did that affect you?
1: Well, uh, and as you can hear on Capitol Stairs in in Rebel (laughs) Songs, um, equal parts anger and sadness. Um, I think there's there's one thing that people do not take into account with what's going on here, and that is politicians and media's part in all of this. And affecting people to be afraid and scared, and in so lashing out with hatred and anger,
0: yeah.
1: um, we do not do enough to help people who are ignorant. Honestly, we don't. We play to their ignorance because we want their money. We want them to do stupid shit like yeah. on that day. Yeah, that's. Politicians want people to do that. They want you to be stupid. They want you to be ignorant. They want you to storm the Capitol like a maniac. Yeah, because it helps them. It doesn't help you. They don't care about you. And so I, I it's a hard place to be because I love human beings. And I don't want to say that everybody that was there that day that did something so stupid are terrible people. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're like, misled. they are they're absolutely misled and we need to do better to reach out to those people instead of making fun of them all the time yeah um and i think that's something that we fall into a lot oh look at these dumb rednecks yeah i
0: mean
1: well those those dumb rednecks have been getting a steady diet of fear and anger for four years of trump you know and and even before that when obama was president you had these uh, the Tea Party and all these right wing groups that were feeding them, oh, there's a black president. He's coming for you, type of crap, you know. Um, and you have people who don't realize they they feel powerless because they've been told to feel powerless, even though their white skin affords them a lot of power. Yeah, you know. So so they are set up to be martyrs they're set up to feel like they're being stepped on when someone else gets some rights, you know? Yeah. So it's difficult because in that song, it's, it's sort of like a, Hey, you sort of fucked up there, buddy, huh? You know what I mean? Not so much of a screw you. You're a traitor and should go to jail. You know what I mean? I, I struggle, you know, with it because there should be consequences to it. And people should get in trouble for it, Definitely, but yeah. there should be real rehabilitation in this situation. There should be love. There should be care and concern for human beings who've been used as weapons. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's a hard, Definitely,
0: it's a hard yeah. topic,
1: you know. Yeah. And you can And I really yeah. loathe politicians and media sources that use these people yeah. to do the atrociously stupid crap they did that day.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there, there might be a, a, a core of people that were stupid assholes that went there. Mm-hmm. But there are mm-hmm. also people scared of what's happening to yeah. the country, even though it's mm-hmm. maybe a good change. Because something like that also happened in Germany. So something right, and those like,
1: are the people we have to reach. Like yeah. the people who were scared into voting for AFD. Yeah. Mostly a, a lot in East Germany. They yeah. had a lot of fear over there, you know? Yeah. And um, and I think it's important that we learn discernment. There are absolutely some people that are just lost. Yeah.
0: There You're are not some fascists out them, there. You know what I
1: mean? Right. It's just, there's no, nothing doing. You have to fight them. Yeah. But you have to learn the discernment between those people and the people they influence. You know? For sure, yeah. And we need to be the positive influence that they see, you know? Because the right wing have no joy. They have no love. They have no kindness. All they have is fear. So if we can reach in, so they attract broken people. Yeah, You know what I mean? If we can reach those broken people with love and care and prove that they're worth something, they're worth more than their anger, they're worth more than their hatred, maybe we have an opportunity to change some hearts. Yeah, You know?
0: Yeah, it's... Even if we can change one guy, that's yes, that's already a win for the
1: without a doubt
0: for the good because yeah, it's it's horrible. These people they they live in fear, they live in anger, and yeah, one has they, to. They recharge. don't look
1: out. The, I I've talked to a couple of people who are just so lost in their anger and like this is happening and they're taking over the country. I was like, man, look outside your window real quick. Yeah. What do you see going on out there?
0: Who's taking your job? Let's go
1: take a walk around around our community. Yeah. Nothing but smiles. Everything's fine. Yeah. No one's taken over. Nothing's going crazy. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I it's just like in Germany for a, a very long time. It was like all oh, the immigrants and the refugees are taking over. They're doing this. Really? Yeah. I've been to I've been to Germany. It's it's fine. Yeah. It's no war zone, you know. Yeah, yeah. We, we get so caught up in things that we don't literally see with our eyes. And it's so weird, yeah. like, so,
0: yeah, but we
1: just have to show people the truth and yeah. show them how much love is surrounding them.
0: Yeah. And I think a great way to do this, coming back to your profession is with music. <laughs> so Absolutely. with Rebel Songs, the title track of the album, you sing. Music is not a product you sell, it's a reason you believe. Uh, it's a movement to save yourself. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we yes. have that in Rebel Songs directly.
1: Yes, that is, it's probably one of my favorite lyrics I've written in a while. I, when I play it live, I get a little choked up, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, because it's so true um, that you see it all the time. People are just selling a product, you know, and obviously you have to sell. Yeah. music, you know, we need money to live, we need to survive. Yeah. But at the same time, that can't be the only reason you're doing music. Yeah. Music is too important to be like a McDonald's cheeseburger. You know, yeah. it, it needs to be something more. It needs to reach people. It needs to touch people because I think we all have a story where music has personally touched us or saved our lives. Times where we were at our lowest, where we were hurting so badly. And someone wrote a song. We didn't know them. They didn't know us. Total Stranger wrote a song that saved your life. Yeah, And that's incredible. That's how powerful music is. Yeah. And so if we can take that and we can make the political personal and the personal political, and we can make our social commentary, our political commentary, not about hate, not boring, not a bunch of white guys in suits. Yeah. People who believe in something more than basic politics. Politics are bullshit. Politics are boring. Revolution, change, rebellion against the hate out there. That's important because we get ourselves locked into political parties and into narratives instead of realizing that love, hope, and kindness are the political change we need right now. So... Until we are able to change ourselves, and then walk out into our communities, talk to our neighbors, become friends, create that change within our communities, which then s- stems out into our cities, our states, our countries, our world. We're not getting anywhere.
0: Yeah, that, that's for and sure. and
1: music is how I do that. Go yeah. on tour, play on different stages, and and when I play a show now, it is. A ministry, excuse this phrase, you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? It's it's like uh I, I had someone come up to me, it was like, I feel like I was at a secular revival. You know what I mean? Like I was like, that's exactly it. Yeah, that's exactly what I want, because people need that in their life, yeah. that energy, that emotion, that love and that kindness without being told, well, you don't get that kindness unless you believe in some weird yeah. thing up here. Sure, you know? Yeah. So yeah. instead of that, why can't it be a, a humanist? you know, revival? Why can't it be? Why can't we create that same energy, that same feeling, that same love, that same kindness, just because that's what we want to see in the world? Yeah. You know, so we get up on stage, we laugh, we cry, we talk, we, you know, interact with people, hug and, you know, just make it as much of a a ministry over just uh, another show as we possibly can yeah because we really are there to reach hearts and minds yeah
0: and I think that's something your soul
1: you can keep I don't know
0: what that is so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that's something everyone that ever saw you or was it fire or any other mm. of your band life I think everyone can confirm that you not just you are not just there to play music and then go off stage you're there to yes. yeah bring hope to the people thank you and yeah so with rebel songs you also got another very vocal very political artist with tim Mm mcgillroth from rise against Mm -hmm. uh yes how did that come together
1: uh i have known tim for decades um it's funny because uh, one of voice fires first tours after, after the eulogy came out, I think it was, we were on the road and with several bands, it was us Thursday, a couple other bands. And there was this unknown opener band on that, on that tour. Nobody really listened to them. Nobody really knew who they were. It was rise again. Yeah. Small we small like little a, band. Yeah, small, tiny little band. Nobody I think they had put something or they were about to put something out on Fat Records. You know, it's just like nobody really knew who they were.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh and it's funny, and I've just known them ever since then. Um, but it was just great to watch them blow up from that, yeah. you know? Like they're a great band and it was awesome watching them play every night, but like I have no idea who these people are. What is this band? You know, like <laughs> and uh so it was it's it's been awesome. So when i got in touch with him uh they were about to release the nowhere generation Mm -hmm. album and uh and he put in the time to do this and i i have all the respect and love in the world for him because i know what it's like when you're about to release an album yeah it's busy and you do not have time to do stuff like this but he did it anyway and i am very grateful to him for doing that
0: yeah it's it really works well with you and tim and Mm -hmm. the the whole song it's yeah, it's just full of energy, and the the whole album actually is full of energy. It's a thank you. I I maybe would say it's your most hopeful or yes moving forward album from Feral mm-hmm. Hymns, which was very, as you said before, self centered and very yes trying to overcome your past to Working Title, mm-hmm. which still was about you and the people around you, but more mm-hmm. optimistic, and now mm-hmm. yeah, Rebel Songs. Fight the shit that's out there.
1: (laughs) Yes. And this is where I will be going from here. This is my path forward. It is a joyful take on the the political as personal and the personal as political. And I want to create something new because I think people need it. They don't just need angry music anymore. They need something positive. They need what I heard in the clash when I first heard them. You know, I was... I almost gave up on punk rock when I heard the Sex Pistols. It bummed me out, honestly. Okay. I heard the Sex Pistols when I was young. I was like, this is punk. Yeah. They're just mad. Who gives a shit? Like, yeah. they don't care. They're just mad. That's all the song's about. They're just pissed off. Then, oh, that first Clash album. I, 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 I how old was I? I, I can't, maybe 11, maybe 12, something like that. And I rented it from a library cause it looked cool, you know? Okay, yeah. and, 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 I, and I heard that it was punk rock and I was like, I'm gonna try this once again, one more time. You know what I mean? This yeah. punk rock thing. Cause, cause I liked chance. the catchy, yeah, the catchy fun shit about punk rock, but like the Sex Pistols were just like, Ugh. like just, I didn't get it. Like why they're yeah. so pissed, but didn't want to do anything about it, you know? Yeah. Um. And that album came on in Joe Strummer's voice and that passion and that and the reggae shit in there that brought such a joy to what they were doing. Yeah. <clears throat> Pardon me. No, sure. <laughs> but um, and that hopefulness of what they were saying. It's like, look, look at what's going on out here. Let's go get them. Yeah. You know I mean, <clears throat> let's go do this, let's make this different. And that was when I fell in love with punk rock. I like immediately, like I, I wanted to reach through that tape when there were cassette tapes back in it and just give Joe Strummer a huge hug. You know what I mean? Because he, he reaffirmed my belief in punk rock and why it was important, you know? So that's what was one of my impetuses with this album is looking back to what made me believe in punk rock and, and then using that to move forward with my music, obviously melodic punk rock is a thing I do a lot, you know. Yeah. But, <laughs> but even yeah, but even in music, I was like, how can I step it up? How can I do something different? Well, yeah. let me look back at my inspirations. They got into reggae music, which I really love. Uh, hip, uh, I and then I was like, well, why not fuck around with some hip hop? I mean, like, yeah. I love hip hop music. I've never worked with it before. Why not? Yeah. You know what I mean? I. I know a lot of artists within hip hop that make me feel joyful. So why don't I get into some stuff that's going to add some joy and bounce and like you know creativity to what I do? So um, two of the biggest influences on this album was the reggae artist uh, Toots and the Maytals. He actually passed away recently, Uh, and uh, Bob Marley as well, because they both had very political ideas. But they were very personally political, and there was so much joy in what they had to say. Then, looking past that to some of my hip hop artists that I really enjoy, there's an artist right now called uh, Toby Nwigwe. He's a Nigerian artist, and his last name is spelled N W I G W E mm-hmm. T O B E. Uh, so please look him up if you yeah. get the chance.
0: You can find a link. It just
1: so. there is like a. There's just a bubbling of hope from everything he does yeah. and there's anger in there and there's all this like politics and different things. But at the same time, you can tell that he's not just given into that anger. He's this is what we're doing. Let's do this type yeah. of shit, you know, love it. Yeah. So I wanted to incorporate that into my own brand of punk rock, which is like I said, very the casting out style punk rock, yeah. you know, and um, and and that was my path forward at that moment, that music and those politics and those social beliefs and all that just came together so perfectly. And I was like, this is what I need. This is what people need out there. They need this joyful rebellion because the biggest rebellion we can do right now is to choose love and kindness and compassion and change over this hate and bullshit going on right now all of this going on right now there's nothing revolutionary in these politics there's nothing revolutionary in hating people there's nothing revolutionary in bigotry there is something revolutionary in love and compassion and kindness and hope that is what revolution stems from
0: yeah
1: and that's what rebel songs is all about
0: obviously yeah and it has so you have your first rap song on there, kind of, with Radio yeah, Silence. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. That that was the f- thing that struck me the most. Of was like, is he
1: rapping now? I love that song, it's, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's a great
0: song. It's it's really something else. And then you have mm-hmm. a feature with another rapper with Eugenius. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm.
1: Who also plays guitar in the Iron Roses.
0: So that's very great. Um, <laughs> that, yeah. that worked together so well
1: and he was also uh my friend who i checked radio silence and grace and stuff like that with i went please let me know if i'm in over my head yeah. you know what i mean i didn't want to sound like an asshole like yeah. I, i just am i doing this right he was like yeah you're good keep yeah. going i was like okay all right that's all i need yeah i'm gonna do this like
0: yeah it's it's so refreshing the, the whole album that it's not just another casting out it's not another boy sets fire it's yeah, it's mm-hmm. you. It's, Thank you. It's your music now. And obviously, mm-hmm. I love Boys That's Fire, but it's also always sure. very great to see an artist I really like coming up with something new. And Rebel mm-hmm. Songs really is something new. And everyone so should listen to
1: that. <laughs> that means <laughs> a lot to me. Thank you. <laughs>
0: um, so, yeah, we talked about Eugenius on Look Alive. So, did you mm-hmm. have him already in mind? when writing yeah. a song, mm-hmm.
1: it, it was funny actually he got in touch with me not that uh long before i started writing this album like a year or two ago and um must have been two years ago he got in touch because he had used clips from after the eulogy on one of his songs okay and he just wanted to check and make sure that was cool you know what i mean like and he sent it to me and it's it's an awesome song
0: okay uh, uh
1: and um Hopefully, I, I don't know if I could find a link to it right now, but I, hopefully we can find it down yeah. the road. But um, he used after the eulogy in this song. And uh, so we just started talking after that uh, because obviously I was interested in hip hop and interested in getting it involved in what I was doing. And the more we talked, the more it was like, we're going to get along. This is going to work. You know what I mean? And, and it was funny because first I just brought him in to do that part and Look Alive. And to sort of help me with my parts and then after that i was like wait you play guitar you're joining my band like you know, <laughs> that's that. it's it's sort of how i've gotten everyone in the iron roses it's like you're in my band now yeah. like <laughs> you can't get <laughs> out like, now all right fine yeah
0: <laughs> so um if any one of our listeners is interested you have interviews with all your band members with oizy and with brian mcturnan on your instagram um it's still available. Yeah, yeah. You can check mm-hmm. them out. It's very interesting. It's also quite a long uh interviews always it's like always an hour yes. but it's always very oh, fun. Yeah. We let it go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. If we have not talked about it, do you have a favorite song on the album?
1: I have I have several. Oh, uh, if okay. I were to narrow it down though, you know, it's hard for a new album yeah. you know, you love everything
0: it has 12 favorite I, songs of mine
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah but if I were to narrow it down I would definitely say Radio Silence is one of my favorites because it's such a step out song you know what I mean? Yeah. it's something that I was unsure of it was like it's it's just so much fun you know, I, I'm rapping the chorus and then the, the chorus goes into like this uh, reggae sort of feel, but in a very clash with clash sounding guitars yeah. and like, you know, and it just like, I just love that song. It's so much fun. And, um, I'd say look alive is another favorite and, um, don't wait up of course is, is a favorite. I also, something that, uh, I don't know if will be brought up a lot from other people, but one of my favorite songs on that album also happens to be, um, I just lost myself. Sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no problem. <laughs> um,
1: that's hilarious. I lost the very last song on the album. Um, that said. That fuck, said, yeah, yeah. that yeah, it said. was Grace?
0: No, it's that said, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> so, and it's those two songs at the end that I really yeah. love about the album. You know what I mean? Like, there's something about those two songs going into each other, Grace and that said. That it just feels like the end of an album you know what i mean like it just like i i just i really love the power of that
0: yeah you come out of them and it's it not feels like there's anything missing it feels like yeah that's a great ending and yeah yeah um i think there's only one song left we've not talked about and that's million yeah Mm
1: -hmm.
0: so can you talk us us, yeah can you tell us about the story behind that
1: yeah yeah I think uh, out of all of the songs I have on that album, that one's probably the most inspired by my love of Tom Petty. <laughs> yeah, <okay. laughs> you know, yeah, uh, it's got a very out of any of the songs in that album, it's got a very Americana like sort of feel to it. You yeah. know, and and that's part of what I write. You know what I mean? That melodic punk will sometimes traverse into that world. You know, and yeah. and I think it's cool that I have an album. That I have melodic punk, Americana, hip hop, and reggae, all yeah. mixed together. You know, yeah. Yeah. Um, but Million was I have on a lot of albums that one quintessential fight song. You know, and Million is that song. Yeah, that's that. Stand on the top of a mountain by yourself and say, "I'm not moving."
0: Yeah,
1: this is me. This is what's going to happen. I don't care if my chances are bad. I know this is right. Yeah. you know. And that's that song. So it was very important to me to have a song like that on this album, and and it it very much reminds me of um, the Tom Petty song that "Stand My Ground" song. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, and and I just love it. I, I think it's I think it's a great song. It's a catchy song, which Definitely. is always important to me, yeah. you know.
0: <laughs> yeah. And uh, and
1: <laughs> and yeah, got to have that chorus, you yeah, know. <laughs> it's, it's
0: so good. Yeah.
1: Yeah, thank you. But, but I think that people need that in music. They need that song that they can latch on to and go, this is the song that gets me motivated. This is the song that makes me remember that it doesn't matter if I'm doing this alone. It matters that I'm doing it.
0: Yeah. Um, coming back to Feral Hymns, especially, um, and then going mm-hmm. to working title. On Feral Hymns, mm-hmm. you had many reworkings or reinterpretation of older songs especially mm-hmm. of the casting out, which yeah. many might have not known. So they were like, hmm, that's some interesting music. And right. neither on working title nor on rebel songs, you had these kind of reinterpretations. Mm-hmm. What made you choose going fully original songs on these two albums?
1: Um, just the nature in general of it. So the first album that was important and intentional, to rework a couple of songs that were important to me, you know, that fit in that realm of trying to get my shit together, you know? Yeah. Um, And and just sort of, especially casting out songs that were mine, you know what I mean? That were like me and should be under my name, you know? I just wanted to take them back and really reimagine them. But past that, I had no reason to reimagine anymore, you know? It was time to move on. I had done that. And it was time to move on and just fully express myself as myself
0: yeah yeah it really worked out well on feral hymns and then looking forward on working title um mm-hmm. by the way if any one of the listeners wants to know more about some songs on feral hymns you've recorded two live albums one in yes. baden and one in is where you talk yep. about some of the stories behind the mm-hmm. uh, lyrics which
1: I am so glad I have have that, by the way, that, that double album, it was really funny because when End Hits pitched that idea to me, I was like, nobody wants to hear a live album.
0: Yeah. like,
1: (laughs) why, why would I do that? Yeah. And it was insane. Like it came out almost immediately, sold out the first pressing, like, and then I started going back and listening to it. I was like, wait, this is an important part of my story. Yeah. I'm so grateful to End Hits and OISE for forcing me to do that. Yeah. Because I wouldn't have done it otherwise. And now we have this time capsule, you know, of of the storyline that's leading us all on to, to working title. Yeah. And I love it.
0: Yeah, and it really helps to understand where you come from and why yeah. the songs on Feral Hymns are as important as they are. Yes. Um, yeah. And there's one other release that will get overlooked very often probably it's the split ep with jesse yes Uh it's actually one of my favorite releases Um, oh thank you so yeah unfortunately not many people know about this but Mm -hmm. um yeah can you tell us about the three songs you included there
1: yeah i I mean that was that was an extension from feral hymns to include more like drums and more instruments. It was, it was, I'm glad you brought that up because I honestly would have sort of forgotten about it, even though I do love those songs. like yeah. It's not that I don't like those songs. They're great songs. But sometimes I forget about it because it was such a transitional EP yeah. from Feral Hymns to Working Title that it, it gets lost a lot of times. Yeah. But they are very important songs because they bridge the gap between Feral Hymns and Working Title, yeah. you know, in in how the music evolved a little bit. You know it's still in that sort of self um inner looking like depressed feeling lost way but at the same time you do get some vibes that something's coming you know what i mean that there is a there's something waking up there's a light
0: at the end of the tunnel yeah 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 yeah. okay so in the end you have to choose between two options i give you (laughs) oh no (laughs) so the first one is writing and recording music or touring
1: oh touring easy that wasn't a hard one yeah (laughs)
0: that's the easy one um yeah
1: that personal relationship during the tour is is way better than recording
0: yeah either play the same songs live for 10 years and having the fun and feeling the people and then
1: yeah. yeah 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 yeah
0: like you're doing with boys that's fire <laughs> give me a new album yeah <laughs> um,
1: i can't promise that sorry yeah
0: i know um <laughs> next one maybe another easy one vinyl or cd <laughs> uh, i
1: i would go vinyl and i would go vinyl because um bigger artwork i really appreciate being able to open up an album right as you see yeah. right there Opening it up, being able to read the lyrics and not have to squint, you know, like, yeah, that sometimes you can get like posters and not only that, but cool looking like colored vinyl, even if it's just to look at while it's spinning on your turntable. It's just cool. Yeah. There's something about the art of it yeah. that that really means something a little bit more to me than a CD.
0: Yeah. Club show or arena, because you can basically do both.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, that's that's actually a hard one because they're both important and they're both um, something that an artist must learn to play correctly, you know? Yeah. Um, Like there are, you have to be comfortable in both scenarios. If you're not, people will notice, you know? Uh, So uh, some people, when they get out on that huge arena stage, all of a sudden they feel very small and they're like, fuck, what do I do, you know? and then the same, like people that are used to that, they get into a club and they think that they've somehow failed, you know. Yeah. And and my take is always whether I'm playing to three people or three thousand, I put on the same show every time. Yeah. And that is important to me. Now, that's a hard one because it it does depend on the situation. Yeah. Like because festivals, you want that big huge stage. You know Obviously, what I mean? Yeah. But club shows are also very important because you get so much up closer with yeah. people. So I think that like there's something to be said for both. If I were to have to pick at the end of the day, I'd probably go with the club show because you can have a big club show. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's it doesn't have to be a hundred people. It could be three thousand people in a club. You know? But um, I'd have to go with that just because you got a little bit more of that squished up feel and everyone's involved
0: yeah the energy's pumping and yeah yeah yeah. and (laughs) the next one is cologne or wiesbaden
1: oh why do you hate me (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's a difficult one (laughs) yeah oh my god god Uh, we won't tell uh, uh,
0: anyone. We won't tell anyone. I feel like
1: I feel like everyone's gonna know. This is gonna be bad. Um because as you know, as anyone with eyes knows, those two spots are huge for me. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> they, that they have been these Baden and Cologne have been home, you know, in Germany for yeah. me. So that is so difficult <laughs> to choose between my babies. You know what I mean? Oh, oh why do you hate me (laughs) (laughs) i don't
0: hate you i just want to challenge you you know (laughs) right
1: no it's a challenge it's a challenge um by just a smidgen just a little bit i'm gonna go with these buttons oh okay by just a little i mean by a fraction like uh but if you put if you put a gun to my head you just have to shoot me because yeah. I fucking love both spots. Yeah. And I uh, <laughs> That's difficult. I apologize to clone for even saying that, yeah. but like I just I love you both. <laughs> both areas are absolutely phenomenal. Have been there for me so fervently from the beginning that I hope no one takes offense to that. Yeah. Like cuz I really I don't want to pick he's making me. I just.
0: <laughs> and by the way, if you want to see Nathan and Boys It's Fire live, they play two shows in Wiesbaden next year.
1: This is true. Little yeah. side plug here. <laughs> Little side plug, yeah. yeah. Um,
0: another. Let us
1: hope that happens. Please go get vaccinated. Yeah. Please. It is It is killing the industry. It is killing us as artists Yeah. that you refuse yeah. to get vaccinated right now. I'm not even saying this as like, your mean old dad you know or like some government thing no
0: it's yeah. it's someone it's that's dependent us. on i it. am
1: i am dependent on this to make a living and yes. it is killing me right now if you are a fan of my music please 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 i understand that there are a very small fraction of people who cannot that's, that's okay sort of yeah but please if you can please don't fall for this conspiracy and this hateful message out there. That's trying to get you to hurt your fellow people. Please, please get vaccinated.
0: Yeah. So we can see this nice guy live once again. (laughs) Yes. Um, Okay. Two left integrity or dead Kennedys.
1: Oh, oh, that's a good one. (laughs) I think I'd have to go. I think I'd have to go with dead Kennedys just because they were a bit more influential. I think integrity is great. I uh, I've spent a really weird amount of nights with Dwid back in the day. (laughs) Not going to detail that much. Yeah, well, we were in. uh, We played a festival in Cleveland, and somehow Dwid and I got really drunk and went out to a karaoke bar where the guitarist from White Lion or White Snake was running the karaoke. What? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and we did every rose has its thorn, and that's pretty much what I remember of that night. But we've had some weird nights. I, I, Dwight and I talked a lot when when uh, after the eulogy came out, and for some reason, hung out a good amount, and then uh, like we've lost touch since. But yeah. I always I always respect what he his music and stuff, yeah. super dark and evil. But you know, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's him. On the know. other side, it's but, going to yeah, karaoke. Yeah. <laughs> Right, right, right. But he's also a lot of fun. I, I one of the one of the funnier Dwid stories I have was um, one of my friends that was in that's in Bad Luck Thirteen, which is also like this very like heavy, dark band. Saw me hanging out with Dwid and ran up to Dwid and was like, "Oh, it's fucking cool to meet you." obviously Integrity was an inspiration to them, and uh, he asked Dwid what his favorite band was, and Dwid, without skipping a beat, said, "Definitely ABBA." And just broke his heart. It was amazing. <laughs> like he was like, oh, really? Oh, okay. And just sort of wandered off in a daze. Waterloo. But, it's uh, my
0: favorite song of them all.
1: Right, right. <laughs> oh, but, uh, but but I'd have to pick Dead Kennedys because they were absolutely more influential in my music, in my lyrics, in my you know, and everything I do. Jello Biafra was a huge influence.
0: Okay. And one last thing, because I'm following your Instagram actively. Skateboard or baseball?
1: Oh, skateboard. Come on. Okay.
0: <laughs> that was that yeah. was not a hard one.
1: No, easy. I do enjoy watching baseball, um, but skateboarding is, is my is my jam. I yeah. love skating. Yeah, I love everything about it and have since I was a kid.
0: Yeah. And now you're getting into it again. Yes. Hopefully without too great. many crashes. Like,
1: yeah, after after many, many decades of of not getting on a board, I finally set one up and now I can't stop. Yeah. It, it's just but I, I keep it simple now. I just skate curbs and stuff like that. I don't do big ramps or anything crazy like that. Ooh, yeah. I know my limits. So in the next <laughs> I just Nathan, have fun.
0: The next Nathan Gray album will be a skate punk album.
1: Without a doubt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: okay then. That's it. That's all my questions. Thank you so awesome. much for taking your time and
1: thank you very much. I appreciate it.